Hello and welcome to the 6++ Plus Show, a podcast for your wargaming and 40k needs. Hobby talk, tactics, tournament reports, lore and much more. We have it all. Please welcome your host for the evening, Tom. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen and Dark Lance Scourges to that 6++ Plus show. I have to count those very carefully these days after getting it wrong. <laughs> a little while ago, absolutely, it's, it's completely shattered my confidence. I am your host, Tom. I have been in Scandinavia for a week, but I'm now back, and everything has changed. The world is different. New games, new rules, new armies, new attitudes uh, to take forwards. But I'm very excited for it, um, and I'm really excited for our first, or my first show, of 10th edition. So today, we are going to be talking about tactical objectives and scoring them in the game as they currently stand and some of the things we've learned from our early games about list design and approaches to try and make sure you get the most out of your tactical cards. Um, but first we're going to do a bit of hobby roundup and then a bit of plus roundup because we're busy boys at the moment. We've got a lot of stuff coming out to you and we want to let you know about it because we're really good at self-promotion, possibly the best. Um, and without further ado, let's introduce some people. I have to start, of course, with my dear leader, Chris. How are you doing, Chris? I'm very well, thank you. How Excellent. are you? I'm really good. Genuinely really Refreshed good. Quite, quite bubbly, yeah. I, I exercised and I ate nothing but cheese and ham for every meal for a week, <laughs> which is a strange combination of things, but it seems to have worked. Um, and always absolutely beautiful. The Norwegian delicacy. They, they eat like nice. monsters. They eat like absolute monsters. Yeah, for breakfast, lunch and dinner. It's just meats, cheese, bread. Just have yeah. at it. I also oh. ate elk, reindeer, oh. moose and whale. Yeah, wow. so had a whale of a time then. Not all oh, in one meal, but dude. it's pretty good and some very nice trout. What was your favourite? It was actually the trout, but the reindeer was also very special, very very tasty. Sorry, reindeer fans. <laughs> sorry, Rudolph. Which, but... Yeah, sorry, Rudolph. Um, but really really tasty. Chris, has anything happened to you in forty k lately? Uh, I have been doing a little bit of modelling. Yes, you have. Um, and I've been painting some Warhammer too. Okay. I have painted five Warp Spiders. Sick. I have Very cool. I a Warwalker. Very nice. And they're all bright pink. They are. I like the scheme. So is that a, that's a change in direction a little bit no, towards so the bright pink. The way the army works is that it's kind of, there's three colours. There's pink, blue and white. Okay, and so you're going to have like different strands of it. Yeah, so like um, my... For example, my Howling Banshees, I've got two units, they're white, one I've got pink hair, one's got blue hair. Mm -hmm. My Dire Avengers, I've got 10 blue, 10 white, 10 pink. Oh, that's so cool. Basically because I just get really bored of painting the same colour. Amen. Um, so the whole army is one of these three colours. So my next Warp Spiders, I think I'm going to do all the Warp Spiders, I'm going to use three units of five. I'm going to yeah, do more pink, but I'll have different colour helmets. So these ones have got pink, the next one have white, the next one will have blue. That's extremely then, cool. Um, and so I've done that, and then I also painted uh, a second zone throat. Haha, <laughs> yes, um, yes. Just the... 16 to go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, blue and white, I, I, were those colours in familiar? Isn't that Ben Pierce's yeah. paint scheme as well? Yeah, I think Ben Pierce yeah, does like a Tom, lot. Of, right? He uses a lot of the same colours as Chris. Ben yeah, Ben Pierce, friend yeah. of the show, Ben Pierce paints yeah. a lot of, and Eldar as well. Actually, incidentally, in That's a very I mean, yeah, eerily, eerily similar scheme. I mean, that was Chris. His stuff does look like. 
100% better than mine. So oh, that thinking... wasn't the way I thought you were going to go with that. To be fair, Ben <laughs> is a very talented painter. No, yeah. <laughs> if you ever get to play Jeff Burke, his, his, his painting is exceptional. Yeah, his um, gaming, bang average. Yeah, painting, bang exceptional. Average. <laughs> yeah. He wears Crocs. He doesn't yeah. deserve to wear them. <laughs> he, he, he lost to some chump called Josh Roberts at the weekend, so... And, and nobody else. So, yeah, as well. yeah I know, I know, I know. Outrageous. Six, he's got it. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was I, his moment, man. <laughs> my um, tunes are going to be the uh, nicely painted army. They look great. Uh, they so look great. I'm just really just airbrush, taking my time, mm. not rushing, which I do and everything else. Now you've got and time, don't you? Because if you if you're playing for the book, I think you've got a bit of a run up, and you can just yeah, get exactly. it get it nice. Just as and when I get time. I mean, obviously, I've got a few Eldar bits on the way, which are going yeah, to be do. painting and building for any future events in the near future. But at the same time, <laughs> like all Eldar players, I'm also just waiting to see, to see what happens. change over yeah. the next week or two. Yeah. Um, I mean, I haven't done anything crazy like gone and bought some Wraith Knights, because that'd be silly. Just borrow but, mine if you want to use um, Wraith Knights. Yeah. Yeah. Safer. I mean, who knows? Maybe it'll turn out they're still really good. I, I would like, I'd really like one to be relevant. I would yeah. really like that. Um, because I love the Wraith Knight so much, but we just need to get it into the right spot. I, I, it feels like it's such a hard thing to do because it's yeah. If they if they tweak it wrong, it will just be useless, and that'd be really sad. But we'll wait and see. Yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah, that is my hobby roundup. Excellent. Very very good. Um, Kobe Waters says good evening, gents. Hello, welcome. Nice to have you here. Um, anyone else listening in? Do pipe up. Let us know what you're up to tonight. Be really nice to hear from you. Um, I'm also joined tonight by an unusual presence. My sensei, my mentor, my longtime irritant, John Scrivens. <laughs> How are you doing, John Scrivens? You're right. <laughs> I'm all right. Yeah, not too bad. Um, I'm currently surrounded by probably an unhealthy amount of plastic spray because <laughs> yeah. apparently starting edition means you have to take on at least three projects. That yeah, I've done the same thing. On. I remembered well, that I bought a bunch of sister stuff when I got home today. I was like, what the fuck have I done? I um, had heard about that. <laughs> yeah, well, you were there, man. I bought it from you. Um, what, what have you been? What have you been doing? What, what are these different projects? So, um, I, at Home Nations, a couple of months back, when I was uh, helping out with Team Wales, mm -hmm. I got put onto Necrons, and I was just like, "Cool, this this feels actually quite a fun army that kind of plays into actually some of my kind of play styles." So, yeah, man, doing the sensible thing, I went and hit everyone up that had uh, the uh, Imperium magazine. I went, mm. "Can I take it, please? Can I have them?" So yeah. now I've got trays of bloody Necron characters everywhere. Yeah. God knows, God knows when I will finish painting them all, but... You struck, you struck at good. the right time, because this yeah. is the sort of the autumn of the Imperium magazine cycle, where the... Um, yeah. The Imperium magazines are brown and, and droopy on the tree and often, <laughs> often often start falling onto eBay or into other collections as, as the luster wears off. So you've nailed, nailed it. Yeah. Um, and we're going to have them out in Crusade, but we'll talk about that in the Plus, plus Roundup because, yeah. yeah, the Necrons are going to be a big, big part of where we're going with our narrative yeah. content. Um, and have you got any games in yet? Or have you witnessed any I've, games? I've actually avoided playing. So I was at a friendly barbecue on launch day mm -hmm. and it was very hot. So I did the sensible thing and just went, I'll sit outside for a bit. You, you six play games, <laughs> and I'll just stand there with an iPad, being a TO, going, "No, you got that wrong, you idiots," and feel really smug about it. So it was it was kind of good for me because actually I got to see, um, I think it was four different armies. That's pretty two cool. Tau, yeah, yeah. Two space, but I got to see kind of how it was all playing out. Mm. Look at how the terrain kind of interacted or didn't interact, <laughs> and um, get a feel for it, which was nice because there was it was kind of it was helpful for me from a standpoint to kind of gauge. The, how the questions would come out as well because yeah. I've got an event in August I'm trying to run mm -hmm. and kind of getting 
kind of running with that, kind of getting my head around how people might misinterpret rules was kind of useful early on, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So, we'll see. And obviously, that's, um, that's local gamers to us from the sort of Tring Club. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how did they find it? I'm curious. Obviously, this is quite a lot of more casual and, and chill players. How did they find getting to grips with 10th in those first games? It seemed kind of a mixed bag that people got their head around it, but there was still a lot of that throwback sort of problem where, say, Space Marines, Yeah. you take you take something that in 9th edition, you're like, oh, this will just deal with any armor possible, and then you, you then slap it into like toughness 12, going, I'm bouncing and I'm hitting on fives, what's going on? And, it, yeah, and suddenly yeah. the whole thing with Oath the moment having to be one target, you just focus down. If you split your fire, suddenly that target doesn't die. And it was just, mm. it was, I think it was a lot of learning, and I think we're going to see a lot of that to start with, where yeah. people, especially if they're not literally hitting the ground running with it, having to figure out how to recalibrate their army. And yeah. for me, with I've got quite a few deep armies of like things like my Orcs and my Dark Angels, but I'm still finding I don't necessarily have enough high-strength guns. Mm -hmm. so I'm like, where do I need mm -hmm. to fill those voids? And like, is it infantry? Is it tanks? Yeah, yeah. I feel like tanks might be a trap. It's like, mm. it's that whole chicken and the egg situation, isn't it? Where you need these solutions, but then you're giving someone else an opportunity to use their big guns. So it's like, I think yeah. it's going to be quite exciting to see, but yeah. Yeah. Different. Sure, and it's a little different, isn't it, to Ninth, where I think, you know, when, when Ninth came out and those early books and rules came out, it was like, oh, wow, this is all going up a level. Everything's killing everything. Infantry, especially, are killing the shit out of everything. Eradicators just pop whatever they look at, etc., etc. Um, and this, as you say, is a bit different because we're just dealing with that new toughness scale where things are just, yeah. everything goes into things slightly differently. Paul was firing some bolters at my raiders today, and it's like, T8 raiders go to hell bolters aren't going to do it bolters will not cut it sir you will need real guns if you want to hurt my boat but real guns do just kill them it's the good news so it's fine but uh bolters don't yeah, so that's, quite, uh, <laughs> that's quite yeah uh is that a real gun that's that's a whole other planet a gun but we'll, we'll talk about them later oh my word de-weaponry that's horrible um no that's great man i was sad not to make it um but i will hopefully be able to play with some of those lads soon we're trying to get um 2v2 aren't we lined up for later in the week yes all imperium all marines everything run into everything I'm not allowed to bring knights because yeah we I told you not to bring check. two knights I was, I was like, a thousand points that's fine it, 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 it was two knights like, it was two knights like, and an assassin it's the, yeah, it's the two knights with the centerpiece upgrades from Josh Roberts's GT winning list and a Vindicare and I was like I don't know how well that'll go I think I think that'll be sad for people <laughs> I was going to bring my dice. It would have been all right. Uh, you can run them on Friday if you want when you and me play. Um, we, I'm, happy to, I'm, I'm happy to have a pop at them. I'm happy to have a pop at them. <laughs> um, great. Well, also here tonight, it's your boy Swissly. How are you doing, Davey? Hello. Yeah, that's that's why he puts the sunglasses on so he can just kip out midway through. Um, no, I'm great, man. How are you? Anything new with you? Oh man, what is what is new? So obviously, Leviathan came out. But yeah, those are Tyranids that are not going to go in my list. It's going to yeah. be sick. <laughs> um, uh, no, I've got five guns. I've got five bad guns. <laughs> They're going in. Uh, and then I've dropped £120 on uh, two, um, two Horospex Dash Exocrines and a Tyrannifex. Good lab. So that was fun. Big monsters, um, yep. Yeah, so they're, so they're painted and they are in the list. Um, so yeah, that's cool. But no, it's all good, man. It's been... Uh, so I'm in a bit of a rush to get these done. Uh, they are done now. But i um, got to do three Von Ryan's Leapers and then my list is done for this weekend's nice, ET nice. in Barcelona. Yeah, I saw those models in person for the first time. They're awesome. 
Oh, Barcelona! Are you? I think you should make us a little live diary whilst of you and you and Aaron going out there. If you yeah, can. lads on tour vlog. The that would actually a, vlog. A, a, a vlog would be really fun. That would be really yeah. good. Just like yeah, I think you. we're going to try and record stuff, but it's it's whether or not we remember, and that's the thing, right? You always start off with good intentions, yeah, and then it's five pints in. It's like when you know, I can't even remember to take pictures during my games. Never mind do a vlog. Mm. I'm the opposite. <laughs> I, t I take tons of photos in games, and then I don't think I ever look at them again. No. I, I just forget. There's just so many, um, unless there's something really funny happening every now and again. I watched a really good video, a uh, really good video the other day. Um, uh, I'll find out the name of it and I'll put it in the chat. But it was a, a chap who won a G, an RTT in York, or uh, sorry, a GT or RTT. I can't remember which one mm -hmm. in America. And he was a really nice uh, description of everything that happened. Um, but he had pictures on on his video, so oh, explain what clever. he was doing and the scenarios yeah, yeah. and stuff. So I am feeling like doing one of those about this GT. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be that'd be content we could make that we should make. That'd be really nice. Nice yeah, to have. I'll, I'll rock a bit of that going on. Brilliant. Uh, but other than are, that, are you excited to play in Spanish? Uh, yeah, actually. So I, I, I've been I've been I've got my uh, cue cards actually here that I'm learning. Fase de mano, uh, which is command phase. Fase de movimiento, which is movement phase. Um, What's Spanish for take your toys off, you little bitch? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Tomas tu mierda. Quickly. Yeah. Rapido. Pronto, eh? I think it'll be really, really interesting. And it'll be when you're back, we'll have to do a show covering just that because I think that'd be really interesting. Yeah, it's going um, to be it's going to be super interesting, and the the events organisers under real pressure at the moment, guys. Because if you don't like, even if you're going to events anywhere in the world at the moment, they're under real pressure. They are. When do you, when do you do a list cut off and stuff? And mm. I think that these guys in Barcelona have done amazing, right? They've really they've really tried to flex for everyone, and um, and yeah, they're great. They've been great so far. Yeah. So I'm really excited about it. It's unleashed some real creativity amongst TOs at the moment, as we saw from the Battlefield Birmingham terrain packs earlier on. Which oh my god, so <laughs> which I'm, a, I'm, so an I'm an enormous fan of. It would be a shame if you just couldn't fit your problematic models on Any the board. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Hope you weren't planning to hold an objective in the normal. Yeah, man. yeah. It's just like, oh man, I, I want someone at the event. If you go to Battlefield Birmingham, if you can find me a picture of two Imperial Knights in two corners and two Wraith Knights in the other two corners just shooting at each other. Um, I would love to see it. I think that'd be really fun. Um, I'm super on board with that. I suppose it encourages combat, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, potentially. Can, Absolutely. It's like, it's like laser. All the fields are so close together. It's like going to laser quest. Yeah, I think combat could be quite fun on it. I think Desolation Marines will also really enjoy it because there's yeah, some yeah. of some of their predators won't be there and they can just plug away. But no, I think it it looks interesting. It might well be that more dense boards are how we go forwards um but it'll be interesting to see yeah there's debt and then there's these boards though like, I'm ah, yeah. can never have enough terrain never enough places to run out from and stab folks this love it it's just what i want to be able to stage a bunch of jacari angry things in every little block and just never get overwatched that's what we want that's yeah. the dream but also the it's just how it's so in the middle yeah like, all yeah. the edges are wide open so flyers can just rampage straight down the edge mm. and still see battlefield birmingham flyer meta incoming That'd be fun. Or, or teleporting that. units. Teleporting would also be fun. Yeah. To be fair, that is how you use your big knight, isn't it? Just go whoop. <laughs> turn up, turn up behind. Um, shout out to the chat. We've got Jack in as well. There's a lot of wholesome chat about night lords, converted models going wholesome. on in there. You love it. Nothing, nothing more wholesome than converted night lords with weird axes and skin and skulls and all that stuff. That's uh, so wholesome. 
That's what we love. That's the community just giving back. Um, brilliant. Okay. Plus Roundup, bit of self-promotion, which we are known to be very good at. So, Chris, do you want to start us off? So, um, as we have long been promising, we um, we're set ourselves a challenge of producing kind of like some quick-fire videos to talk about every single army and every single index in the game. So that for those of you who want to quickly understand an army, you can just watch these two kind of 10 minute videos and then you'll know all the key information. Um, so part one is kind of based around the army rule, the enhancements and stratagems. And then part two is about the key data sheets. Obviously, to some extent, it's us saying these are the data sheets that we believe are key. So mm. you know, maybe we have missed something. Let us know in the comments. But oh, absolutely. That, um, it's just designed to, so comments can like promote um, discussion, which they're kind of already doing, which is great. But generally, it's just a, right, I can just get through a few episodes and just um, kind of have a better understanding of each of the armies, just so you know what to expect at the base level. Completely. I think the difference between turning up to a game and having no idea what an army is capable of, compared to turning up and be like, well, okay, I know these are the key tricks. So, for example, the Yeldari one. As and when we do it, apart from, you know, hopefully it won't just be Wraith Knight, Wraith Knight, Wraith Knight, but it'll be something yeah, yeah. like Phantasm. That's an incredibly important strategy. Oh, my word. Is it? And, why. Yeah. Um, and each of the episodes is designed to do that. So, so far, Tom has done um, the two Drakari episodes, yep. um, as well as the two Gene Steeler Cult episodes. Both very um, much. And those are up. And then we've just put up Davy's first Tyranid one. Mm -hmm. um, and then to come, we have also got um, the next Tyranid one, and then Davy's done his first World Eaters one. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And we've got lots of other ones in Pipeline. Yeah. We'll, Blood Angels next. Yeah, Blood Angels is next for me. And we are literally just going to keep going until we've done them all. You know, there's no reason not to. We're really enjoying making them. It's useful for us because we're learning what all the armies do. And I think. If you're, if you're looking to come for literally like, oh, I want my three units to spam and that's it, this isn't what we're doing, right? We, re we want to orient people in their faction. We want to have a test out a few of the ideas, a few of the characters, a few of the vehicles, all those different things and think about what your uses are. Um, we know the meta is a certain set of things at this moment in time, but I think if you let that completely shape and dominate everything you think about in terms of looking at your army, I think you're missing out, especially at the mm -hmm. start of an edition when there's lots of fun to be had outside of those one or two games where certain things aren't going to work in those ways. And, and hopefully in the long-term fixes will mean those sorts of things aren't as much of a challenge anyway. Um, so yeah, take it in that spirit. But if you've got feedback, you've got comments. Someone told me Lilith wasn't very good on a comment. You can go to hell, sir, whoever you were. Um, Lilith is brilliant. Um, love Lilith, big fan, um, but she does have to get there, um, which is always a bit of an issue. Um, always a bit of an issue. Um, so yeah, they've been loads of fun to make, and we'll keep them rolling. Um, and hopefully, hopefully, you guys enjoy. Yeah, man, come and listen to listen to lightly bearded white blokes with all with quiffs talking about yeah, care. Strong hair game, strong hair yeah. game. We've, well we've, all nailing, we've all nailing that look to this. Yeah, we've got we, we've got it. We've got a type. We've got a type. <laughs> we all need final shirts to finish the look, though. Yeah, 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 that's it. Other other content we have coming up. We haven't got to bat reps yet. We've got our first league games happening this week. We've made the draw, so we'll try and see if anyone wants to make a couple of reports out of that. And Ed and I will be looking to make some content to cover the results of week one. Um, but we also have in the pipeline a narrative campaign called In Rust and Shadow which John, Lee, and I are currently organizing. We're going to have Necrons, Flesh Terrors, and Chaos Demons set on a, an awakening tomb world. 
Um, and we're going to use all the various different crusade rules from um, the, the nice core cool rulebook that we just got in our Leviathan box and sort of repurpose that a little bit. It's going to be quite fun. We're going to have a bunch of characters. It's not going to be hyper-optimal, um, but we're going to test out all the narrative stuff and, and get crusade running. So I'm really excited to make that. It's going to be really funny. And the nice thing for John is that he's got all his Necrons already ready and pivoting to this at the last minute isn't an admin disaster for him. <laughs> Ooh, a bit of a boy. Yeah, Scorpex yeah, Lord. Fun. It'll be fine. Amazing. It's going to be great. Um, so that I think I'm probably more excited for that than anything else at the moment because it's just it's just going to be. I just like having little starter armies on the table and running them into each other. I think it'd be nice. Oh, great. Cool. Okay. Um, and, and also, and Chris has got some tips and tricks in the pipeline as well, Chrissy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think at this stage, it's basically it when everyone's they're kind of working out how to play the game, what sort of units they want to use. But what as that settles down over the next month or two, the next thing is like, right, how can I start? pushing um, myself as a player using the, the jank really mm -hmm. um, and you know like where the podcast will be focusing on those more general things so mm -hmm. like you can see from today's episode obviously we're talking about the tactical cards and each podcast episode will quite often have a part where we talk about something related to the game but sometimes you just need to have a camera on a table and show you the movement and the positioning and how you can try and um, avoid overwatch make the most of the piling and consolidating phase um, just make sure you're really talking through those sections and um, understanding the minutiae. So uh, mm. that'll be the goal as well. I mean, I'm a teacher, and in two, three weeks, I'm on some holidays for six weeks. So I expect <laughs> a lot of content suddenly about to start firing its way out then. Yeah, Definitely need that. Please start with combat, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's that kind of unlearning, isn't it? We all need to do a bit of unlearning. So who else but Chris to unlearn us of some things teach yeah. us some new things <laughs> not teach that many some... armies know what combat is at the moment no um, i know it's it's a strange but... world it's a promised land it'd be lovely if we I'm got there, there. but yeah. we could we could all try um great okay so tactical scoring scoring tactically how do we do it it may have reached your attention that one of the two ways you can play 40k match play at the moment is withdrawn cards this was something that was a very common feature in eighth edition when i started playing in fact that was the norm when i went to clubs i would play the maelstrom cards really enjoyed it um, and then gradually stuff like itc and more fixed stuff um sort of took took its place and in ninth that became basically the whole deal there was a little brief reappearance of cards towards the end um in whatever they called it what was tempest, tempest of war. war tempest of war was the next one um and that had a lot of the same flavor i really enjoyed it but it never really caught on in quite the same way whereas i think this time because it's at the front of the game it looks like it's going to be a big part of of competitive play as well um and we've we've actually i think in the main from the games we've played so far we've all really enjoyed using them it's been a good time it's, it's created interesting and slightly different shapes of games um so what we're going to do tonight is i've shuffled these promise you can trust me um and we're going to draw them and talk through one at a time things you can bear in mind in order to sort of maximize your ability to score these cards across a game and some of the challenges the risks the pitfalls things you need to look out for what sorts of tech you might want in your list to do it before we do that um i'm going to invite each of our commentators just to chat about how they feel about the tactical cards in general having played with them or observed them what what the kind of thing the positives are maybe what the challenges or the negatives are more generally and then we'll get into it but first i want to shout out elmo lewis because he said i look fine <laughs> yep 
So hot, baby. I do. He Thank went, you. He Thank you very glasses. much. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Sam Anand also says, Evening, guys. Practicing different painting techniques on some scratch-built orc terrain. Ooh. That is awesome. That is very <laughs> exciting. Very, very nice. And also there is our captain wishing Lewis death. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a loving environment. Yeah, exactly. It's good so to happy have. To be that's, that's the kind of energy that we want. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, let's let's start with with you, John. You observed presumably a whole bunch of people using tactical objectives on yeah. the weekend. What what were your takeaways? What sort of ups and downs did you see with it? So it was very interesting because I saw um, our friend Sean, who mm-hmm. long time Ultramarines player. He yep. went with fixed. And okay. that felt like a very natural fit for Space Marines because mm-hmm. the list would mm-hmm. do the two things really well would be kind of what you're engineering. Mm-hmm. But then there's no wiggle room that if those things are going wrong, yeah. that you just you fall apart. If you're not killing stuff and you've got a killing secondary, you're scuppered. And I, I don't quite personally like that as a system to play because no. you, you kind of go, I can do this fine on paper. And then you, you get to the table, start playing it. You go second, a couple of key units get shot off the table somehow. Yeah don't know how but it it happens and then suddenly you've got nothing to kind of clap back with whilst i think why i enjoyed about tempest of war in ninth edition was you've got to have some flexibility to your list you've got Mm. a design around being able to be quite kind of reactive to things yeah so i think once the the initial kind of 10th edition bits get ironed out they're kind of all finding a bit kind of awkward Mm. that i I feel will be a much more engaging way of playing the game because you've got to be clever in not just your list building but also how you approach playing the list Completely. which i think would make a much more rewarding game but in reality i think a lot of people will go fixed just because they can just force it through perhaps and yeah it's that, a shame but if that's what they want great and it means that then theoretically we don't have this situation where people are having to play one style because mm. the mission pack says you get to pick yeah so yeah. you could you could choose like if you don't really want to play fixed you don't really need to and that's no, fine sure. right and your list hopefully is engineered for it so yeah certainly i played against sean and he took fixed objectives and he took one that involved doing actions in the middle and i was like great Ooh. i know where you're going to be and i will meet you that's there the in a problem, minute right <laughs> and it's i think that's the downside is yeah. your entire game plan is is laid out yeah. and i love people who, whose entire game plan is laid out that's great fun because you <laughs> It's like, where shall I put the spanner? Where would you like it? Would you like it here? Here? I pay CP to hide my second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I love that crap. That was great. GSC had the same, like, the secret secondary strat. I love that shit. It was great, great fun. Um, so that's that's definitely a downside. But as you say, I think the the consistency and the assurance, and I think, I mean, things like bring it down right in a meta where presumably you're going to see lots of vehicles and monsters. Yeah. It's not It's not a bad pick by any stretch. There definitely is something in that. Um, speaking of bring it down and monsters, Davey, what's what's your take on it so far? So uh, I've never been the biggest fan of like Tempest of War. Won't okay. lie. I think uh, I don't like randomness. I like game plans. Ooh. I like set agendas. I like this is how I'm going to win this game. Mm-hmm. Um, however, what I would say, if you are getting into Tempest, if you are learning it, do this because mm-hmm. it will help you learn all the objectives for yourself and all the ins and outs, the little minutiae, things you won't realize. Also, knowing them off by heart will help you when your opponent picks them against you, or when your opponent draws them randomly against you, you're going to be like, ah, mm. that's the one where you have to get one, uh, you have to secure a new objective. And then if they say, oh, I'm going to go and secure your home objective, you go, well, actually, it's in no man's land, for example. Um, so I think it's really great to learn. 
Um, sorry, I've got that rule wrong. I'm pretty sure I haven't. But anyway, uh, it's very <laughs> good to learn. In the games I've played, I've done all of it. I've done the tacticals. I've played five games. I've played three with tacticals and then two with fixed. I don't think it's necessarily easy to score fixed. Bring it down, for example. Well, we'll talk about when we get to bring it down, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's easier said than done with uh, lower strength and higher toughness. Yeah. Or, no, absolutely. You know, we, I think the fixed ones is an interesting one because I think we're going to see there'll be a GT pack at some point and obviously may well be nudges and changes and adjustments to this. I think in general the consensus is that the fixed ones are a little undertuned as compared to the tactical ones. But that, if that's kind of the way around, I'd rather it be because I, I think otherwise all you get is just fi- fixed is just the done thing. And, and I think ninth was what I would term a schematic edition. I think a lot of armies were just built to turn up and do their thing, and to a large extent it didn't really matter whether the opponent was there or not. And that's not necessarily the most engaging or interesting or dynamic way to play the game. I totally get the thing with randomness, but I guess the point with these is that they're not random completely because you know what's in there. You know the list of things you're going to be asked to do. There is optimal and less optimal times for them to turn up, sure. But as we will talk about today... Um, there's a lot of things you can do to mitigate that and prepare for that and have, have options in your locker to be prepared for those kinds of eventualities. Capitan, what do you think? Where's, where do you fall on so, this? So I would very much um, echo um, kind of what Davey said. Um, mm-hmm. When I played Maelstrom in kind of eighth, God, I hated it. Um, <laughs> it's just, you know, it just felt so often that the games were decided based purely on the cards. Mm-hmm. So that was my main concern going in. Um, and having played a couple of games now, um, I think it's a relief that the cards are generally scorable. Mm-hmm. They generally, most of the, I think, I'd, without counting three quarters of them, are kind of, oh, I would probably do that this turn anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you're just scoring points for playing the game. I think it feels like at the moment, when you've got these ultra-top armies... They're just blowing off the board mm. and scoring points roughly at the same time. But I think the fa- the nature of these cards and being so many of them being quite easy to score means that games will stay close. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you could, unless your table's in two turns, I think for a lot of the time, as you lose your units, you can still be scoring and yeah. that means you're still in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you're absolutely right, Tom. You need that nature of fix being slightly weaker yeah. because you've got the randomness of the, the tactical and the randomness of the tactical is what brings it down a peg or two. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so because like we played the other night and I drew capture enemy stronghold like straight away and you're like, that seems quite unlikely. Whereas yeah. You, whereas you're winning the game a bit comfortably in turns four and five, you're like, sweet. I've exactly. Got that at the time exactly. Um, so I I am actually a big fan of tactical Um, so far I really did like secondaries back in ninth. uh, yeah me too but there were three of them if I now only choose two things to do it Mm. feels a bit like I'm just going to try and kill you and that's not Mm. a particularly enjoyable aspect of the game I don't Mm. generally in the past I've never really played armies apart from Admech where (laughs) um, my goal is to blow the table Completely. Um, and even when the armies can do that, I don't really play in that style. Like mm. all the Eldar lists I'm building at the moment, they aren't based around tabling. I still mm. want the stuff to go and score the missions and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and I think 
you know, that's that's not my style to just blow people up. So actually, yeah, completely. Getting to play the cards is quite nice, as yeah. opposed to going right. I'm just going to choose bring it down and assassinate. Completely. And, uh, score my 40 points that yeah because I, I think the cards incentivize as we'll talk about the certain kinds of units that may not get a look in otherwise and i think that was another thing i think ninth actually did really well was it utility units of certain kind kinds were, were were staples and that was a triumph over eighth where you'd line up here are all my tanks here are all your tanks i'm going to try and shoot your tanks before your tanks shoot my tanks i shot your tanks i'm really good at this game um and i yeah, so I like that. I like that layer of finesse to it. And as we'll talk about, there's stuff you can do and stuff you can think about with this um, to help you to help you score. So yeah, we'll see with the GT pack. I'm sure we'll adjust these, and I'm sure we'll get balance adjustments to these over time. It'll be interesting to see if new ones appear, if faction specific ones. Goodness, imagine something like that. That would be interesting. Don't know how good that would be. Could go, could, could go one or two ways. Yeah. It's one of the cool things. It's the balancing thing, right? Is that my opponents go the same way I do. And there's a there's yeah. something I quite like about that. Completely. Although I do miss the some of the vibe of some of the other ones. I don't know. I think I prefer this now to, to what we had before. Certainly for learning, I'm enjoying it. We'll have to see at events and stuff how it feels, I think. But I think we've, we're coming off just being so used to doing things a certain way that it, we need a bit more time to work out where it sits, right, and how it all compares. I can see um, frustrations where you're playing a really close game and you just don't draw the right cards. Yeah. And you lose the game because of the cards. You know, yeah, they yeah. never blame dice, but it could easily be a situation where you just can blame the cards. Yeah. And that feels bad. Yeah, you for know, sure. Like when you're choosing three secondaries, you've got to play to those secondaries. Yeah. And that's on you as your tactics. Yeah. Um, whereas if you're just playing to drawing the cards in the wrong order... Yeah. What are you gonna do? In, in the long term, I think that's going to put even more onus on frustrating people on the primary and winning the primary decisively, right? Because that's going to give you a bit of a, a margin for error with the cards. Um, that's something that I, don't, I mean, if someone's got advice for that, let me know. I'm still figuring that out. In a world seemingly without combat, primary denial is a slightly alien beast, and I'm, I'm still <laughs> working out how to do it. Um, but uh, I think in the long run, that will be a big, a big decisive factor. And some of these missions do have very interesting little niches in the primary that we'll, we'll get we'll get our heads around and, and talk about in a subsequent episode there's one other thing i wanted to just mention right and uh, sorry to be a debbie downer right yeah one thing i did want to mention so when you introduce cards to a game you open up a new world oh no unfortunately cheating. cheating yeah and uh as an ex magic the gathering player one of the biggest ways that oh, David cheat, <laughs> yeah, you know david all david's what the old yeah, 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 yeah. magic come over. and what people used to complain about because when you would draw a random card at the top, they would scratch the cards or peel them up at the side yep. so they knew what was coming Sleeve next. Slaving, yeah. Sleeve so, cards, guys. Watch out yeah. for that. I'm calling it now. Call it now. There will be a... A, 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 a high-profile scandal. High-profile high profile scandal of that. Ten of that. Yeah. Oh, we should have a, an in-house sweepstake on who it is. <laughs> Luckily, all cool people, only cool people will listen and watch this podcast, so they won't do it. Yeah, no, you're all good cool people, um, except Rob Kimpton, who is obviously a dirty cheat. And he says that tactical is great, keeps you on your toes. Yeah, I bet you do, you cheat. And thinking ahead and being reactive. No, I completely agree. And re reactive, I think, is the big thing. And that's what we're going to talk about a lot today. These are only random in so much as you haven't anticipated the need to be able to do them. There are a couple where that's really, really hard, and we're not going to dispute that today. But you also do have your once per game chuck one completely away. Yeah. So you, yeah. there's always, and I think you need to be really sensible with that. 
and think very sensibly about that. But anyway, without further ado, I've shuffled these, honest. <laughs> and we're going to draw, and we're going to start talking through some thoughts. So, first one. Cool. Secure no man's land. At the end of your turn, if you control two or more objective markers in no man's land, this secondary mission is achieved, and you score 5 VP. If you only control one, you get two instead of five. Thoughts on this, gentlemen? Play Warhammer score points. Yeah, very much so, right? This is not the end of the world. Get Grabbing a couple of objectives or grabbing one if something's very locked down, mm. I think that's fairly reasonable. Score um, all across the turns as well. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter, turn one or five. Completely. Yeah. Actually flipping objectives has become in a lot of ways easier because the whole mess around heroic intervention is a much less threatening thing now right there's it simply doesn't have the same dominance in the game right now you do still have to get to things overwatch is a problem these are things you have to navigate but actually just towing a bunch of oc onto something and stopping it from being your opponent in a turn is much less fraught with risk in, in some ways than it than it used to be um, from all of the Overwatch. The Overwatch is the big issue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the Overwatch is an interesting one. The heroic, like, the heroic keys off of charges, right? So if you don't yeah, charge, yeah. you don't get heroic. So that's a big change. Mm. Um, but the Overwatch is a big issue. Um, and that's something I think you, you have to be bearing in mind with any of the ones that need you to go to places. Um, at the moment, is you have to probably be like, well, I'm not, not everything I send is going to get there. So don't typically send one thing to do an important job. If there's five yeah. VP on the line for this... Might as well get solidly onto a couple of points. Antici I, uh, anticipate Overwatch. Be ready for it. I played um, Lee um, at the weekend, and I had to grab an objective on the right hand, or I had to steal one objective back. And um, he had a Vortex, Vortex Beast within 12 mm. um, with um, a Flamer. And well, unfortunately, I had two units there, and it's about kind of like trying to bait out your opponent. I was like, yeah. which is the unit that I don't mind? Like, like the Harlequins, they can... Um, Kind of like jump over there, and if you want it, um, if you want to try and overwatch me, that's fine. And if you do, um, then um, cool. I've got a second unit which can go over there. A hundred percent. I think it's that kind of thinking ahead in that. Regard. Yeah, and building some degree of redundancy and and sort of disposability into your list as well, right? This is something I've been looking at in my last couple of Jakari lists after playing a, a few games with them. Now it's like. I'd rather have racks in five mans so I can just throw a five man. It's like, unless you overwatch that, that's my point. If you kill it, great. Here comes the second five man. Boom, take the point. And if that's an expensive way to take a point, sure. But racks also yeah. give me pain tokens when they die. So it's like, I'm getting some stuff from this. It's not the end of the world. Um, and so, yeah, you need, as you say, you do need to be playing a bit of, a bit of baiting and, and, and measuring with, with, with overwatch as well. Just to add to that, I would say that this is going to be in one of those secondaries along with many other ones. Uh, which rewards fast moving models. You want to be yeah. able to get to places, yeah. Speed's going to be really important. Mm -hmm. And not flying speed, because flying's crap. Yeah. Yeah, flying not so good. So infantry that can come through walls, great. Stuff yeah. that can disembark from transports, great. Stuff that can advance and charge, great. All of these kinds of things. Shoot and move, shoot and yeah. move is massive for mm -hmm. all of these. because shoot And, and move, lone operatives. We had a very fun one, didn't we, Chris? Chris had to take a middle objective, and I had put a bunch of grotesques with flamers on it. And I was like, "Come on, you little elf bitch! Try and get on this! Try and get on this objective! I dare you! I'll liquefy it!" And Chris was like, "Ah, what I'll do is just stick a little head round, 
shoot and then fire and fade onto it. And that worked very well. And that was very nicely played. Can you not overwatch a fire and fade? No, different phase. Nice. Different phase. So movement, yeah, yeah. movement outside the movement phase yeah. is absolutely massive for doing this. So anywhere mm. you can find that. I mean, termagants yeah. have that, yeah. right? Uh, End of your opponent. Oh, no, they, no, they move. They move in response. Gargoyles have it. Yeah. So little things like that are really nice for being able to just shove some extra OC on a point yeah. without without getting hit heavily in the open. So like end of your opponent's turn redeploys could be really useful for that as well. Um, then you're that not moving, would, right? You'd, well, you'd have to come in. You'd be coming in in your turn, but it's it's a, perhaps a nice way to line up something if there's an empty objective and you're trying to line up to get onto it. Absolutely, yeah. certainly yeah, GSC and demons can do that. Yeah. So if there's like a free objective on the side, um, yeah. that's, and that's very nice to be able to have things ready to do that as well. And that's actually a running a running thing with a few of these is that if you've got ways to recycle things into reserves and drop down, that's yeah. really nice because chances are there'll be something they need to do in the next mm -hmm. turn. Um, somewhere, so it's useful. Cool. Next up. Oh, by a Voz. Oh, guys, we've had a we've had a rough time. No, <laughs> oh, no. We've drawn capture enemy outpost. Turn one. Isn't that it? is rough for round one. Control one or more objective markers in your depo opponent's deployment zone. Eight VP. I can already tell you this is not going to be a popular card. This is going to be a card that is going to be in some stories. Okay, this is a card that's going to be in some stories because eight VP is a big reward. Um, but it's also going to happen in particular moments in the game, let's face it. There's going to be particular times this works and other times that it doesn't. So what you're do we think about this? You're telling me in a shooting meta, getting mm -hmm. into your opponent's deployment zone on their, deploy on, on their actual objective is going to be difficult. Yeah. So if we were trying to get there, what sorts of things might we need to be setting up to do it? Warp spiders. Um, Warp spiders. So twenty-four inches. Yeah, this this whole show is going to be me and Chris going lol when you've got stuff that flies and shoots <laughs> and jumps. It's fine. I don't know what you're all worrying about. <laughs> I don't see the there. This is exactly why warp spiders are in our list. They can just yeet twenty-four inches and nab this. And it is, you know, it's worth saying. I think people are still getting their heads around what they need to hold points. OC is not what it was. It's a mm. it's a different thing. Um, so fast-moving stuff ha is perhaps better at nicking objectives in some ways yeah. than, it, than it used to be. My Scourge drew this mm -hmm. in round five, four or five, I think five, against Paul today. Went <laughs> 28 inches, nabbed his battlefield objective, which he had, in my defense, run off of to come and fight me with some other stuff somewhere else. <laughs> so that is, that's, a little, that's a little bit on Paul, but he'd run, he'd run out of Terminators by that point. But so in the right moments, this is massive. I think one of the things... And a lot of armies are going to build this way. I think one way you can build for this is to have a what I would call a substantial threat um, in reserves with rapid ingress in mind. I think that if you're thinking, looking about a big push unit or a big shooting unit, whether that's a big kill team or 10 aberrants or a bunch of death company or um, anything that can, say, jump, shoot, jump. If you are able to find a position on the board that's aggressively positioned but safe enough that you can rapid ingress in at the end of your opponent's turn that unit is then much freer to move attack get onto a backfield point later in the game um, obviously linking it up with this specifically may be difficult but i think that's going to be one of the most common ways we see people pressuring points and genuinely attacking the primary um and yeah i think it's a really powerful strat and a lot of pe i get a lot of comments and a lot of messages from people saying well how do you actually get things to combat blah blah, blah. and overwatch remains a massive issue with that but I think you need to be trying your absolute best to exploit rapid ingress as a tool um, 
regardless, because I think that's a really nice way of actually getting meaningful threats into the opponent. They have they've taken a, a lot of like deep strike charge deliveries away from stuff. You can't rely on that in quite the same way, but I think rapid ingress is is really useful for this. Yeah, I mean, this is one that you would even keep until the turn after, right? You'd be like, oh, I've drawn this. You could. It's eight you could. points, so I will figure out how to do this over It two is turns. one that, yeah, taking two turns on it, actually, eight is as much as you're likely to score on two cards over that time, um, unless you have, have a nice run of it. So, yeah, it's not. It's you can at least see how your turn goes, how good a position you're in for attacking that point, and then you could chuck it at the end of the round if you're not happy with it. Yeah. Very, so, very yeah. nice. Fast-moving fast infantry. Fast-moving infantry. Boom. No prisoners. Mm. Kill stuff. Each time an enemy unit is destroyed, score two VP. Up to a maximum of five. Yeah. And you score it even if stuff dies and gets back up. Or doesn't get back up, eh, Chris? Fuck you. <laughs> Chris was like, oh, I really like Fagan. He's really cool Phoenix. So he's got a melter gun and he gets back up when he dies. No, he doesn't. So I played in <laughs> yesterday and I took like a lot of Phoenix Lords. A lot of Phoenix Lords. An ungodly amount of Phoenix Lords. Just to see what they were all like, really. And um, yeah. They, I thought when, they were great. They were fun. I still still maintain Fagan. I reckon definitely does have players. Oh, 100%. A lot I totally of, agree. Um, unfortunately, what Fagan did was pathetically shoot um, his <laughs> Melter from over nine inches away and then when it's over nine inches he doesn't get his melt to six so he did that yeah. twice then he moved up to the middle objective and was like bring it on bitches and then got um shot in the face by some dark, dark lance and then yeah. didn't get up yeah so that meanwhile karandras had been sat there bored for the whole game nothing to do <laughs> and then decided to jog across an open battlefield and also <laughs> failed his charge and he got shot as well which was not and this is, i think it's actually an interesting point you know like if we've been playing competitively in a perfect world, in my mind, I'd be thinking, right, Tom hasn't drawn Assassinate or No Prisoners 100%. yet. 100%. So there is no point in me just keep putting out these units here just for fun. Because Completely. what happened was, Grant's right stood out in the open just so he could maybe charge something later, but he was nowhere near anything. Fragan was like, fuck it, I'll go stand in the middle. And then Tom drew No Prisoners, and that just yeah. gave him four points for free. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, um, exactly that. We, we weren't playing it that seriously. I, just, I, just, I think it's worth saying, you know, Chris was taking this in a very relaxed attitude, but that's exactly right. It's, uh, like, it's... it's additional superfluous things i have to think about this all the time with with Drakari. it's kind of like you know you've got so many things that die and you do towards the end of the game we were, i was playing a mission with the Kilmore earlier on today with paul and eventually you have to be like right i just need to get cabalites out of the way it doesn't really matter whether they do anything i just need to hide them maybe i'll have a job for them later at the moment all they're going to do is potentially just give up kills in important places um and yeah so you do need to be alive to that one um, some armies will be really hard to do no prisoners into. It's just the way of it, right? Some some armies are tough, are tough to break down entire entire units of. Um, but I think this is one that in the midst of a battle, when stuff's vulnerable and weakened, again you're just going to be playing Warhammer to score it, aren't you? Absolutely. It's mm. uh, diminishing returns as well. Yes. So you kill two, and then you only get one point for killing the last one. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I reckon a couple's. I'd probably only be trying to, like in most 40k turns, you know. To a couple of targets is often about what I manage. You know, yeah. it does depend yeah, a bit on yeah, the game, yeah. but usually, typically, eliminating a couple of key threats in a turn is 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 plenty. So, uh, and it's one you can certainly use your own list to frustrate the opponent with, right? If you've got stuff that can move when attacked, phantasm. Lots of units have moved so many inches when they're being run after. Now, all those kinds of things can bait an opponent who's like, "Oh, I've got to go and kill two things." You're like, "Oh, you know, come get these things." Like, "Oh, they're gone. Bye." Um, those kind of tricks and tools become really useful because you can deny kills at crucial moments. 
So yeah, definitely think about those as well. Next up, ooh. Deploy, teleport, Homer. Oh, my fav. I love this one. So you do a little action within six of the center, or you do a little action within your opponent's deployment zone. It's five for the deployment zone, three for the center. What do we think of this? Use warp spiders. <laughs> Fast moving infantry. Fast moving infantry, sure thing. Absolutely. Mm. <laughs> I think yep. it's staging. I think there's going to be. Staging is big for this, yeah. With combat not being such an issue, like you, if you stage, you're not staging to strike them next turn. No. And you almost aren't that worried about staging and being countercharged. So yep. you're staging to score your movement card. 100%. So, yep. like. When you used to play Harlequin, it's a big thing. The games I won comfortably were the ones where I was able to just keep cycling Star Weavers or Sky Weavers yep. into the middle yep. so that ruined um, risk-free. So that next yep. turn they go for your behind enemy lines. And sure, we might not draw um, the, the relevant cards, but you're playing the percentages and there are quite a lot of cards which involve you getting to deployments, enemy's deployment zone or yep. on objectives. Um, and by staging, you're kind of you're playing those percentages, aren't you? It's a, it's a bit like poker, right? You've got your cards, and you're just playing the probabilities. And this is going to be that you're just playing the probabilities. Yeah. In the general scheme of things, it's going to be quite important to start learning those cards well enough that you know what cards you've got to come. That is a hundred percent right. And I think that will be quite an important skill. And again. The best players, they don't know what cards are coming, unless they're cheating. They don't know what cards are coming, but they're playing statistical odds. Exactly. And saying, hey, there's a 60% chance now that the one of these next two cards are going to involve me, or could be teleport homies. Yeah. And then you're I've, like, right, well, I'm playing that odds because I want to get into a deployment zone. A video we could definitely make would be to have the board laid out with the places in it that cards need you to be. I think that would be quite an interesting one. Mm. Thinking about the centre, thinking about the back quarters, oh, thinking about the deployment zones, the different demands placed on you. Because as you say, Chris, and this is something I've now been doing as well, that's what you actually have to stage for because combat isn't as much of a part of the game. The objectives obviously matter, but there's other stuff going on around them. So you need to have things with adequate reach mm. positioned around. So again, whether it's a raider stash just behind that ruin and it's about someone's going to have to go and stand in the middle and do a thing. Or the raider can go and do it. doesn't matter either way. Um... I think that kind of positioning with the secondary possibilities and outcomes in mind. Um, but also the other nice thing is if you are covering those areas, you are making doing those things difficult for your opponent as well. Because if you're occupying those places, those are places they're likely to draw cards where they need to be. So if you have things with Overwatch potential covering those areas too, that's where the counter game comes in. Um, so let's say I know, a D cannon that's nice 24-inch bubble just occupies, I don't know, half the board. That's a very nice way of, of frustrating opponent. Does the job, doesn't it? Does oh. the job, does its job arguably better than anything else ever does. <laughs> um, it's on the attack you roll. If you roll three <laughs> shots on Overwatch there. Yeah, yeah. If you get three shots on the Overwatch, exa but that, that, that is exactly the power of that unit. It's exactly why things were looking like they were going to be very, very crazy. Luckily, there's only one in a squad now, and they're still very, very good. <laughs> could, you imagine, could you imagine they, if you had nine <laughs> I, can't, I can imagine that world was... That world wasn't far away. Um, Anywhere you can minus movement and stuff like that, I think is pretty strong. So yeah, I, it yeah. just came into my head there. Is That's smart, yeah. Barb Gaunts or something like mm -hmm. that. So yeah, nice they, thing as well. Yeah, if they've not moved yet, you can yeah. shoot them with something like that. Imagine that face where they go, oh, I can score this easy. And you go Overwatch with Barb Gaunts. They go, oh, no, I've lost exactly. two movement. Exactly that. 
Exactly it's not like a, a, a whirlwind as well, because then you yes. force them to take a battle shock test, suddenly it all falls apart. Yeah, absolutely. So, th yeah, anything that can force battle shock oh. in their turn actually yeah. does frustrate this massively. Battle shock still. We're still working out how to make that impactful, I think, but it's it's I'm it's desperate for it to work. <laughs> I know. Paul's Paul's Dark Angels failed Battleshock every turn all the all game. I was like, pain token, pain token, pain token, you little cowards. Oh, you remember when you couldn't combat. fail these? Do you remember that? Ha! <laughs> He's making up for all the ones he didn't have to take. Yeah, exactly that. Oh gosh. I think a, a general point on the Battleshock thing is having those abilities to make people potentially take tests to mm -hmm. then fail. To then not hold objectives, so you can steal the objective. That's that really nice to, as well. Uh, yeah. Like take like the Death Jester, a rule I've not actually remembered to use yet, is that when <laughs> the Death Jester kills a model, it forces a battle shot test. It's yep. something that I never once used the fact that the Death Jester made one model die and counts two models for the Yeah, Riders that as well. Didn't use that for an entire year. But the Death Jester, you know, he is causing that battle shock, and that could suddenly mean um, a unit which is flush over an objective. Um, have now failed. They're now OC zero. Hundred percent. Towing and score whatever yeah. card it is. I've, I fully expect them to build more mechanics in and around this as the edition evolves, and I think it has a lot of potential. I just think they need to be a little bolder with with debuffing it and hurting it and making it more more likely to fail. Um, but getting that balance right, I think uh, there, there's definitely potential for it to become a really interesting sort of mini game. I think Paul's made a good point in our chat quite a few times that. Um, the problem is everything just dies before it needs to take a battle shot death. Yeah. Like how often are you shooting at something and oh, it's, I nearly killed it. It's, it's just dead. So it's because you yeah. kill things so they can't do a thing anymore, right? Um, I've played games where I'm like, right, do I? How do I go into there or do I go into here? Well, I'll go into here because then this unit can't actually operate anymore, rather mm -hmm. than softening targets up. Um, I think so. That is one of the main reasons why we're not seeing battle shots. Completely. Completely. And I think it's been more relevant in games yeah, where the lethality is a little less extreme, but obviously, yeah, as long as there are exaggerated builds that can kill a hell of a lot, yeah, it will have a limited. Dreadmad93 says, I have a list for tomorrow, Tom. Bring it on, Dreadmad93, who I guess is Ed. 19 units of five warp spiders, way <laughs> leaper. Yeah, pretty good. It's a solid LR list. I think that's excellent. I look forward to playing it. Um... Defend Stronghold. This is a nice little one, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Mm. Three points for sitting on your home field objective. <laughs> Tick. What's the tactic? Don't run out of your home field objective. Yeah, but also don't be a lemon. Protect it adequately. Avoid creating yeah. a situation where you suddenly get done on this. Because it can and will happen to people. Yeah. Um, can't do it in the first battle round. But yeah, this is this is one where again it rewards you playing sensibly and carefully. Your backfield is not something the opponent should be just having easily or cheaply. Um, so yeah, protect it. Literally the opposite of capture enemy outpost. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly you, that. You, you know what I mean? It's like ah, don't lose it, your head. We're playing opposites. Cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly I think that. It's, um, it's like the, so, for example, um, played Tom yesterday and had a unit of guardians. So I just stuck them out. I was like, I'll string them in my home field ruin just for a bit of deep strike denial. But then actually it's a matter of, well, make sure you've got your deep strike denial stops, but make sure you've got all of the OC on that. On yeah, on, on the point, uh, absolutely. As much as you can. It's absolutely. Be a bit more, just place, just take that extra five seconds. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, the OC count on your objectives is massive and you want to watch for that. You want to avoid 
like five OC worth of things being able to steal objectives. Well, we when we were playing because I I had this diavenger blob in the middle. I kind of shifted them off in one direction, made sure one was tagging the objective. Mm. Well, that makes no fucking it's, difference. It's an old habit. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. Is one OC on the objective? No, no, no. You need to have like. Yeah. five six on there yeah. you need to know what your opponent's capable of moving to reach there mm -hmm. and what their oc is and make sure you've got enough on there yeah um, if that's your plan to hold that objective absolutely and so understanding how much vehicles have how much flying and quick infantry have all those sort of things is going to be huge you need to know what those numbers are and be able to frustrate it um next up bring it down Woo! classic uh, boom, boom. two points for a monster or vehicle kill and one extra point basically for the more wounds that they have and same thing if it kills you kill it and it comes back you still get the vp um and i think yeah I think, tank in your list guys yeah be able to kill monsters and vehicles there's going to be a lot of them around i Big do think points on this right Huge. i do think you should be able to i do think you should be able to just put this back in if they don't have monsters. I was going to say, is there a thing? So no, there isn't, which is bullshit. There's abs there's nothing. So I think they yeah, you should absolutely be able to discard that if they don't have a mon any monsters that, or vehicles. That feels like a GT pack yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think if you're unable to fulfill the criteria at all, you should be able to discard it. The yeah. old ITC did that, where if it's physically impossible for you to score yeah, it, like yeah, they yeah. had no characters or no psychers, can yeah. put it back in. So. You, were, you were talking there, Davey, sorry. Sorry, David. No, 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 no. I, would, I basically said it's um, it's a huge amount you can score on this. Eight. Eight. Yeah. I think that represents just how... Because if you think of the other ones, a lot of them are fours and fives and threes. But it just shows you how difficult it is to kill monsters and vehicles in this edition. And I think they've put a really good price tag on that. Yeah, I agree. And I think I think it's a very valid one. This is obviously one of the ones that as a fixed secondary does feel logical into a lot of enemy lists. Um, and I think, yeah, being able to build and have... A big turn on this very very nice i guess it's one of those ones where it's yeah it's tricky it almost makes you want to leave a couple of things limping around no, limping around out there yeah. and just like i'd rather just get get you just in case but it's that i think generally in 40k if they've got big things those things are going to hurt you so badly that you need it's better to just start getting rid of them but mm. maybe one if you're feeling totally in control <laughs> <laughs> in a way that no one ever really is use in your 40k fate only do a few use your fate dice your, yes uh, exactly would that you'd use your fate dice to only do a bit of damage to me chris i'd love that yeah. love i'm gonna put a five dice here and kill you perfectly to the wound oh and again Oh, and, again, yeah, yeah. and again, and again. You uh, say this feels logical in a fixed secondary. Don't don't take that for granted. Hey, like I took this against <laughs> Knights. I did not. You took that it. against Knights, did you? I okay. Did not max it at all. How I much do you think? In Miami. How much do you think that was your fault? <laughs> yeah. Well, I've learned the lesson. Knights are Knights are tough to kill. They do not die. I'm not afraid to say it. Mm. Um, next up, assassination. I obviously didn't shuffle these that well. Because <laughs> um, all the They're fixed, all the fi the all the fixed yeah. ones are coming through now. Um, so every time you kill a character, you get four VP. If you're using tactical, you get five. Have and you get five you? if all characters have already been destroyed during the battle. Ooh, good not Precision is everywhere, isn't it? Precision really? is extremely mm. useful. Yeah. So if you can, if you can access snipers, hex rifles, rangers. I've heard Vindicare. sniper scouts are very good again. Vindicares, death jesters. There's a lot of them about. They're very cool. Um, Illich Knight Spear, who's really good at getting killed by other characters. 
<laughs> this is my favourite moment of our game yesterday. Ten witches and Lilith run across the board. Chris is like, is there any way you can avoid the Dyeranger Overwatch? I'm like, no, there isn't really. I just kind of would wish you wouldn't do it. We tried to work. <laughs> there was just no way. There's just no way. Yeah, it's just like a massive sprint across a gap. I had it as much movement as I could possibly have. It wasn't enough. There's no way. And they got all all of the witches died to Overwatch from the Dyeranger's. Ten witches dead. Lilith then flies into ten ranges with Illich, kills all all of them on her own. So good. <laughs> so fun. Pretty much to the wound. It was beautiful. Um, and then she got killed by the income. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, Assassinate, I've, it's it's always been a, a secondary that gives your opponent a huge amount of agency. I think it still is. Um, this is on my list of ones I would get rid of, I think. But it depends a little bit what you're playing against and on the game state. Um you know, yeah. the, re- the rewards are there. It can be done. I mean, very much matchup dependent, right? You've got armies like GSC. You've got armies like oh GSC. You will love this because yeah, yeah. their characters are there and they are ready to die. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. but then against, for example, Tyranids, not many people are taking more than what? Well, two max characters. So, like, yeah. You know, it's not. No, it's not going to be. It's going to be a difficult sell, especially when they're tough as well. Completely. What I would say for this is develop ways to kill lone operatives. And you will thrive because people are going to use those. And let me tell you, not everyone is going to use those very well. How do you get close to a lone operative, Tom? Would you use fast-moving infantry? Fast-moving infantry. Oh, right. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, Things that allow you to go up and come down in a turn. Targeted smites. Anything that gives you the ability to reach a little bit further than your opponent was expecting and punk that little lone operative in the face. So that's going to be, I suspect that's going to be where a lot of the easy low hanging points for this are actually going to be. Um, and there are going to be a lot of lone operatives out there. Um, but if you want to go flying into your opponent's glory unit and see if you can do it in a one be my guess. Absolutely go for it. Fill your boots. That's where the hero choices are. As I said, <laughs> Paul's Terminator is going into my court of the Archon, trying to kill all the way through it to an Archon. And I was there like, no, you will not do this. <laughs> you will not, you will not do I, this. <laughs> I love that. They've added that stipulation in. If all units from your front, all of all characters are already dead, you get the points. Because... Yeah. That that's nice. That would be a, imagine you get that turn five and you've mm. already killed everyone and it's like oh, what? And yeah. but that reward you for actually just yeah. killing stuff. So also don't be afraid to kill characters early doors. Yeah, just table your you opponent can. and you will still score a lot of these very well. That well, is you it. get rewarded for killing characters in the yeah. way that yeah yeah yeah. It's, it's still good to it's anyway. good to be doing it. Yeah absolutely. Yeah. Next up, gauge reference. Behind enemy lines. Oh, no, oh. Oh, it's, the, it's the one before them. Oh. Behind enemy lines, two units in the enemy deployment you get in tactical five, and if it's one you get three. So what you want is... Say the uh, line, Davey. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, sorry, yeah. I think what is good at this is fast-moving infantry. Fast-moving infantry, okay, sick. Okay, Um, what else can be good for this? Not aircraft. Rapid ingress. (laughs) Rapid ingress is very good for this. Units that can deep strike in little tiny pockets, interceptors, GSC yes. units, anything that has ways to come in closer that can't be screened. Things that can go up and come down. Stuff that can go up and come down. 
That's becoming your one. Your, your mm, one I is. am a big fan. Well, I've been reading the Blood Angels rules, and yeah. if I am not going to spend the next three months trying to teleport stuff around with Librarian Dreadnoughts to see if it worked, I wouldn't <laughs> be me. Because that's what it does now. On a two-up, it just yeets something. And I'm like, what if I put a whole Blood Angels army behind a big wall at the back and just teleported bits of it out every turn? <laughs> that's very awkward to me. It's, yeah, it's funny. It just might work. It just might work. We will see. Uh, I'm well up for it. It's just whether I stretch to getting two Libby Richards so I can be eating two out of a turn. <laughs> the question uh, is when, Tom, not if. Exactly that. For behind enemy lines as well, stage for it. This is I, so I um, in my game against Paul. You always with the Raiders. You're always like I need to get this into sort of jump friendly territory for if I score this. The other thing with this is. This is one of those sectors where you, like all positioning secondaries, you have to make a very real choice here, right? Can you afford to throw two units away at this moment in the game? Or is three points for one acceptable collateral? Because realistically, in a lot of games, what you send for behind the lines is going to die. Um, and you have to be the judge of whether your assets are worth those couple of points. Because if it's going to cost you, let's say, an entire squad of infantry and an entire transport, that's often about a tenth of your army. Do you want to lose a tenth of your army for an extra couple of points? That's the question. Um, you will learn over time what the what the trade-offs on that are, but it's definitely one to really think about that one versus two unit um, shenanigans. And also, if you have the Sanguinor, just get one unit into melee and then teleport him in, and then you'll get it with both. Um, or the Incarn. Or the Incarn. Can I just say, Chris was so nice to me with the Incarn because... Chris could have disemboweled me about three times with the Incarn, and he was very restrained and very good. It's still a nightmare, but um, it did have a massive whiff into some Talos as I well. I enjoyed the moment where she went, right, <laughs> here are two Talos here, uh, <laughs> with her five attacks for three ones. <laughs> <laughs> and then the thing was, like, the next turn, you had one Talos left with... And you did enough wins, damage to kill both. And yep. she hit all the times, <laughs> wounded all the times, and did, like, 25 damage. Yeah. Um, so yeah. She's swingy these days. Let's she's put it that very way. Swingy these days. I still think she's phenomenal. I think the mission play you get out of her is is wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. I think one of the interesting ones on this is defending it, right? So if you if you're going against someone who's trying to do it against mm -hmm. you, um, you know, making sure that everything's screened, especially on things like um, Dawn of War. Yeah. Like super hard to screen that out. But yep. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to necessarily bank on scoring this on corner deployment, for example. No. So deep strike screening. Anything that can screen out reserves a little better. Anything that can overwatch and delete units that come within a certain range, super, super good. Heroic intervention's a bit fiddlier now. So that's not that used to be a really interesting way of screening these kinds of things out. You don't have that in quite the same way. But having a look at your opponent's units going into your turn and thinking, yeah, what can I make? How can I make sure there's not just an easy land here for them to do, right? Um, I think that's all, all definitely valid and useful. Yeah, cheap chaff. Like, so I watched that guy's orc video, which I'll, I will find and put in the chat. Um, uh, and uh, you know, he, he's obviously got quite a lot of bodies being orcs, not as many as he used to have, but probably. Mm -hmm. uh, but having Gretchen just mm -hmm. doing stuff on objectives, screening yeah. out big time is really nice. <laughs> and you can yeah. make them go very quick as well by putting yeah. Zogrot with them. Yeah, yeah. completely. Um, and that's that's something where list that just casually nonchalantly just fill up the space are extremely powerful chris's list yesterday was beautiful for this like it was a fun list it had lots of phoenix lords and stuff in but actually one of the beautiful things it did was it's just like this whole slant of the board it's just gonna have stuff in it it's just gonna be stuff in it and if you come too close you're gonna die 
Um, <laughs> and it's but that that's extremely powerful, right? You, it, it makes the the opponent's scoring really difficult. It makes it really costly. It means every time you go out there to do things, you're bleeding resources. So you're you want to be building your half of the board into a fortress in in exactly that way and making it a really dangerous place for your opponent to be in and a costly place for your opponent to go to. Excellent. So overwhelming force. This is cool. Kill stuff on objectives. Three points for each maximum of five. Play Warhammer. Mission dependent, what your opponent's done dependent. Yep. Hope you score it at the right time. You can't yep. plan for it particularly. No. Um, it's just uh, sometimes it'll be a good card and sometimes it'll be a crap card. Yeah. In, in the heat of the battle, this is great. Other times it'll be a bit tricky. If you st score it right at the start of the game, you're going to struggle. Um, but it's, it's a generally straightforward one. Next up. Extend battle lines. Hold your own in a no man's land. Hold your own and hold one in no man's land. This is very nice. This, this is, is low this is low hanging fruit, guys. This is something you just should <laughs> be able to do. This is like the old um, Harlequins one where I can't remember what the secondary was where you picked take, one. Two take your places or take no deadly performance. Deadly, deadly performance, performance. Yeah, two or four things and one of them was take an objective that your opponent holds. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, I guess I will yeah. do that anyway. Do you think when they wrote the Harlequin secondaries, they were just starting to write these? Yeah, <laughs> it could be. There's a similar it would, it would explain a lot. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that that's a very straightforward one. Again, you have to be ready to go and get objectives. You have to be holding your own. There's a running theme here that losing your own one is bad. Don't do it. Taking your opponents is good. Do do it. Um, you know, all in the balance of the game. Next up, engage on all fronts. Get into table quarters, more than three away from the edges. And you get four for units in all four quarters. You get two for units in three different table quarters. If you're battle shocked, it does not count. So. You're generally always going to score the two unless you yeah. get smashed. It's as kind of relevant to your um, behind enemy line point as do you want to throw away a unit into that final? It, exactly that. Or two points. Yeah, and that'll be where you have to make the call. I think a lot of armies typically want to pressure one side and hold down their own ground. It's very natural to be in three quarters. That fourth will usually typically require sacrifice. Um, it's very rare that there's a quarter of... Not one quarter of the board that your opponent is at least able to vaguely hurt you if you go into it. <laughs> if they can't, it's over, right? You're, you know, you're, 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 rolling, you're rolling through to Berlin at that point. There are no, uh, no remaining enemies to slow you down. Um, yeah. I think again this one and the last one again with fast moving infantry like you just if you have the units to get across the lines yeah that's and have them ready in positions ready for this one coming because this is this is easy to score three yeah it's more difficult to score the is it four or five four it's four. oh you get an extra VP five. so it is five if you do all okay. four three yeah, if you, so do, you can do, do all four tactical, like, yeah. there is money there there is money yeah so it's yeah it's it's, it's another one I think you want to be building to do um, but again, you'll have to make that call on how much you want to sacrifice. What are you willing to sacrifice? Oh, this one, this one is great well. fun. Here we go. Area denial. This little bastard. <laughs> yeah, this is good. So you've got a little six-inch bubble. This will be on our map when we do this video for you. Six-inch bubble. No enemy units wholly within six of it. No enemy units within three, and that's not wholly within. So you want to clear them out of within three of the center. You want to clear them out of wholly within six of the centre. 
and you want you need to have something in there as well. Yeah. So this is an interesting one, isn't it? What do we think of this? Some armies want to be in the middle, some don't. Some I really don't, I, yeah. I played this into Lee and um, I had to do it and I had to go throw a Viper off into the middle. So, you know, and some armies really don't want to. It's like you're throwing away something in the middle which is going to die rather than your opponent's deployment zone. Uh, but you also have to have the firepower to still be able to take out whatever's in the middle, I guess. Yeah, completely. This, If you get drawn into a proper, like, tit-for-tat training game, this one's often quite easy because people are not giving that much to the centre, but some armies will have just taken it and have put you under the cosh. Then though these kind of ones become very difficult, and you like it's Death Guard. There are twenty Terminators in the middle. That's when you go. This isn't going to happen today, and mm -hmm. that is that's okay. That is all right. Um, and so again, you need to weigh that up. Um, it's much easier to get that clearing them out of the smaller circle. So there is, there are still some points you can have, but often there's something peripheral on the edges. So yeah, it's it's not too bad. But it's there's going to be games where this just isn't is a non-starter, and there'll be some where it's pretty easy. I think. Attempting target. Your opponent picks an objective, and you go and get it. You get five. You know what your opponent hates when you pull if they put if you pull this. But you know what they absolutely don't want you to have. <laughs> fast moving infantry. Take things that are fast. Sorry. <laughs> oh, Sorry. Sorry. No, Please. you're right. You're completely right. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Really good. I think we're gonna have that meme guy. It's just be like fast moving infantry. That's gonna be that's gonna be you on on meme Monday this week. I think. We had Davy's triangles. Yeah, yeah, triangles. Now it's fast moving infantry. Davy's school of fast moving infantry. Yeah, one hundred percent. This is quite a fun one. I think it's a satisfying one, isn't it? It's a satisfying one. You're taking them off primary as well. Yeah, because this is the thing. I think the way you should think about this is. In the primary now, with a lot of the way these missions are set up, you are going to have to mess with a point your opponent is pretty content to hold and is battling to hold. You really are. So being able to look at the board and go, I could, if I had to, I could actually take the one they would choose to make me take. I've got that in me to actually go and get and hit something that you know that they they're confident that they can lock down. Um, the fact it's in no man's land means that your opponent on a lot of these boards is going to be re relatively within reach of you. So yeah, it's, it's it's an interesting one. I think it does give your opponent some agency. Um, this is maybe one where if you are going for it, you probably need to commit quite a bit and actually make a real go at it to make it happen. Um, but you one can of think of it as useful in that sense. One of the things I like doing with this one, because uh, it's one of the ones I pulled early doors, so it was kind of in my head when I was um, taking my first couple of turns. And you do this anyway because Overwatch is really important in this in this edition so mm -hmm. far. And um, and if you can get your flamers anything that's reliable at Overwatch and point them at um, No Man's Land objectives, bingo! It's really good. It's a really good way to like say <laughs> you can take, you can try. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously it's all random, but you know it's really making them suffer for those points. One hundred percent. Rather than hide your flamers, make sure you can just get a get an angle. Next up, cleanse. Do a little action on an objective that you hold. And this starts in the shooting phase. And the fun thing about this, you get you get a few points for each action. I think up to yeah, two or more objectives cleanse, you get five VP in tactical, three for one. 
And the relevant thing with this that's important in the fine print is that you can start attempting this action with a unit as you select it to shoot in the shooting phase. It completes at the end of your turn and you need to control the objective. So you don't need to control the objective when you start doing this, but you do need to control it by the time it completes. So you can go on to a point that's held by the enemy with something and say the action is starting and then it's on your army to clean it, make sure it's cleared off by the time the action completes. You are not forbidden from starting the action in that sense. So it's going to come in conjunction with a plan, right? You're like, all right, I'm going to push you off this point this turn, but here's my little stupid rat unit. They're going to start looking around for useful tidbits on the ground, whatever it is they want to do. And again, there's going to be a bit of a mini game with the opponent. They'll be trying to stop you in different ways, but you also you can select, you can have multiple units. You can have redundancy to do this as well. I think this one scores pretty well. I think this is probably time because some people might not realise this to mention that obviously we don't have actions as a thing anymore, no. but a lot of the cards put a whole paragraph to say do an action. Yeah. And actions. a lot of these things is a unit that's eligible to shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, so you read that as, oh, that means I have a gun, right? But actually, units that um, can advance and sh- or have assault, so can advance and shoot, that means they're eligible to shoot and do these actions. And pistols, so or a pistol in combat. combat. Yeah. yeah. So things so, like things like warp spiders, for example. Yeah, fast moving infantry. Yeah. For, for now, we'll see how long that sticks. Uh-huh. Maybe maybe they'll learn what an action is again at some point. But yeah, I agree. Rules as currently written, there's a lot of flexibility and freedom in this. Just go and advance your stuff, yeah. and then you're still you got to shoot. So go do yeah. your action and shoot as well. Complete. Here's a question then: Which one do you prefer, this or deploy teleport homers? Ooh, I mean. You need to stage up utility stuff that can do this towards the middle of the board for both, is how I would say. Because mm. chances are one of them's coming up at some stage. Uh, I like them both, and you just need just need a couple of units that you don't mind having dead, not yeah. traded. <laughs> yeah. One dead, one doing a job. Transports can do these, that's worth saying. It's not like infantry locked or anything else. Like a Venom can run out and do this. Monsters, um, yeah, mon- a, mon- monsters. a monster that can survive Overwatch can just your auntie, waddle forwards. Your auntie could, your anything. auntie could do this. Yeah, anything. your auntie. Don't is know how many. Fast moving infantry, then she's really. Oh, good. she's absolutely fast moving infantry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But also, yeah, yeah, definitely fast. This one, another good one, fast moving. Infantry. <laughs> oh, I know what the next one is. Investigate signals. It is investigate signals. Well, <laughs> Congra- congratulations on your fucking coin flip. Well done. <laughs> Uh, well done. Uh, if, if that's not a 10th edition uh, outcome, I don't know what it is. Right, so in your shooting phase, you can select one or more units from your army that are not battle-shocked and are eligible to shoot. So at the end of your turn, the units you selected are not eligible to shoot or declare a charge. You are scanning. You are scanning in each corner of the battlefield. You've got to be wholly within nine of the four corners. This is a slightly new setup. We've not really seen this before. Corners. Like, what Co- corners? Corners. Which is why we're going to draw this for our video. So we had to map it out, didn't we? And it's it's yeah. a new little box. It's not that big. It's not that big. And you can do a scan. And for each one you do, you get two VP. And there's no cap on this. So you could get eight if you're in all four quarters. You could get six if you're in three. So, what do we think about this? John, what do you reckon? It feels like a job for something you can drop in that's got mm-hmm. a small footprint, like, say, yeah. a line operative. Yeah. If they've left a gap that's, say, yes. 12.1 inches away from their <laughs> model, you drop him down and go, I'll yep. do this and score some points. Yep. So, any little teleporting, deep striking dudes that like to pop up in places would be good for this, wouldn't they? 
we um when we Lee and I played it, it was like halfway through the game, and it was like, oh, what? This is Lee drew it. I oh, yeah, I can't get to the corners. Or once you realise actually, if you score it early, it's quite often a mm-hmm. or you get the card early. It's quite often a guaranteed four. Yeah, <clears throat> just it's two points in each of the two. Your your deployment corners almost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Do the, if you look at that other one, which is like diagonal deployments. You can yeah. be on three. You know, yeah, you can yeah. potentially yeah. get three. You've got to have yeah. fast yeah. infantry. It's, and it's a, very, it's a very reliable four if you leave things in your corners to do that. 40k players, why do we leave things in our corners to stop our opponent coming in the corner and ruining and ending our lives? So you should already be doing this. You already need to have stuff in those bits of the board because otherwise, enemy stuff is going to land in those bits of the board. So a four for themselves. this, a four for this is just polite practice, right? And then it's whether you want to be ambitious and try and have have redundancy in the list to go and nab a third one, a fourth one. That's going to depend on the game. I'm going to teleport stuff for the librarian dreadnought because I'm an idiot. Um, but you've got options. You've absolutely got options. Great nice about this. Yeah. I think- what people are going to get used to is pre-measuring their deployments. Yeah. And being like, okay, I can get this if I draw this card, and I can also get there if I draw this card, and I can. And it's going to be, it's going to come to you naturally in your deployment, which is going mm. to be really interesting and really actually quite cool for bringing, you know, the the level of play up. I think. Hundred percent. I think that's it. They all of these interrelate with basic positioning logics on the board. That's what's quite interesting about them. They're all places that it makes sense to be in doing things anyway. And then there's the cost trade-off interaction of your opponent killing your stuff as you try and do the different things. But it's, yeah, I think I think most of these, you will find yourselves in the relevant places to do them and with the relevant assets to do them if you are just trying to play the game in an effective and sensible way. That's the reassuring yeah. thing about them. And a good time to battleshock someone is when they draw this card. That's when you go army-wide battleshock, right? If you can do something like that yep. or if you can somehow do it, yeah. Hit those corner units. Yeah, that's spot oh. on. That is spot on. Because you might just deny two points. And yeah, that's it. Know. Trim those points off. Final one. Storm hostile objective. Storm a hostile objective, guys. It's really... You're going to have to do that sometime. Um, you've got to take an opponent your opponent did not control. An objective your opponent did not control. No, take an opponent... Uh, uh, sorry, take an, an objective that your opponent did control. You've got to take one yeah. from them. That's quite a lot easier. Did I say the opposite? My bad. You yeah. said take opponent. an opponent to your opponent. Ah, we've done a lot of cards right now. <laughs> yeah, we've done a lot of cards. Absolutely reasonable. Um, if they don't control any, you still get it. Don't worry. You've tabled them. So well done, you. Hope you feel big. I've never been disappointed to pull this card. Mm. I feel like it's always it's, something, yeah. especially Again, you, can, yeah. you can achieve it's part it. Right? Of it. Yeah. It's playing the game, right? Yeah. It is very much playing the game. Very much playing the game. Cool. Nice. So That's we've, the set. We've scored 100. Nice. Oh, definitely. I think we scored more than that. Um, absolutely. Very good job, everybody. I'd go and have fun with these. I like them. I really like them. I'm enjoying it a lot. It's a, it's a fun part of the experience, fun part of the game. And we'll be thinking about the primary a bit more as we get more experience, but I didn't want to just dive in with that because I feel like we still need, we've still got a lot to learn in a world where it's much harder to get at the opponent. We've hardly played uh, any games, right? So no, exactly. Tom, you've not played anything and then you've come back and you're just whoring yourself out to literally anyone you can at the moment. That's but correct. As is my way. Yeah, we're all kind of just, we're still all in the early stages. We're all 
learning and as we learn we'll be able to share the stuff yeah this is this is going to be practice makes perfect right Pot spotting all those opportunities to do actions with pistols and monsters and vehicles and that's not going to come first time so don't get frustrated with yourself if like you don't realize you're like oh shit i could have won now nah, i'm rubbish yeah it's not it's practice 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 yeah and i reckon i'm looking forward to that first time i like next month or two i draw into some top end player in an event and then they do a bunch of stuff and you're like Oh, um, yeah. that will be coming that will be coming soon we'll see the never ending genius of the top set yeah. as they put their three big knights on the table and go <laughs> you're dead you're dead <laughs> oh. and they'll oh, as they always do absolutely brilliant alright well we're going to rattle through some listener questions and then we're going to go to bed oh yeah cool so <laughs> podcast questions Oh, excellent. Uh, Interestingly, my list only has one unit of uh, fast-moving infantry. Oh, okay. <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> I've got one unit of re leapers. But is that because you're going with a different skew instead? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Maybe I like my toughness 10 and above, boys. We'll see. Yeah. I think some of these would have been fielded last week. Let me have a look. Yeah, there's a, there's a few from the day of the 20th. One from the day of the 20th, that would have been fielded last week, I would guess. But then we've got Ultimate Funk who asks, how many characters are people including in their lists? I'm finding it very hard not to go about 25% of my list on them, which feels way too much. Nah, man, army dependent, hey. It's like, yeah. super, if, super army dependent is the answer. My recommendation would be do a SWOT analysis of what your army's good at. Um... Uh, sorry to sound like someone else, but it's true. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Oh, I'm excited it's for so the impression true. of him on this podcast. That's gonna be sick. <laughs> yeah. that, oh that, my god! That'll be that'll be that'll be the day we go to war. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I kind of want to do it now. Um, but, <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. But yeah, I mean, just look at what your army's got. You know, one of the weaknesses of Tyrannus, for example, is you know characters. Yeah, so so so. Right, You've, we've got one character that's really good. Maybe one and a half. So. I, but our our strengths lie in other areas, mm. so it's all about you know investing in those areas and making sure that um, you play into your faction's strengths, not not just doing things for arbitrary reasons. You know you yeah. don't need yeah. X percent. You just do what's best. Yeah, completely. I was doing the world eaters one. I think every unit of world eaters could have a character leading it. Yeah, yeah. The, the same with necrons. But then sometimes yeah. you look at it and go, do I need to spend those points to make that unit that much better? Or can I cope without it as well? It's that kind yeah. of sometimes yeah. you don't need to make the ultimate unit. It sometimes just good is enough. Yeah, it's it's working out what your expectations are for a unit and what it needs to make it really go up a level, doesn't it? And also, it does depend a bit on the price of the character. Like some characters are dirt cheap. Apothecary, fifty-five points, very nice. Love like, it. Very nice. Take, well, Take is that three. The is that the <laughs> biologist or the apothecary? No, the the, the normal the prime, apothecary. Well, they both yeah. are. They're both fifty-five. Fifty-five. He's the biologist is eighty-five, but yeah. he's the he's very different how he plays. So yeah. So there's yeah there there's there's certain characters where you look at it and you can see the value. You can very much see the value in it. And bearing in mind they're adding to a squad now, right? It's yeah. I think there's a lot you can do. Um, mm -hmm. And loan operatives, as we've discussed already, are really valuable, yeah. super valuable tool to have. So if you've got a way to squeeze one or two of those in, I think it's really useful because well, being able to at least say your opponent has to come out and deal with something if they want to go and hold a bit of the board, 
I think that's a really useful thing to I have. Suppose, I suppose as well, you're, you're at least building around characters and what characters you have. Starts with what secondaries am I taking? And mm -hmm. um, am I doing tactical? Am I not? If you are doing tactical, you need the flexibility. If you're not, and you're doing fixed, and you want to build around something, build around it and make sure you've got the characters to score them. Yeah. Ultimate Funk was also a bit worried cause, and embarrassed that they seem to be asking a lot of the questions in our chat. And I just want to say, Ultimate Funk, you're brilliant. Please keep asking questions. We love yeah. you. Never worry about that. As I say to my students, there are no stupid questions. Um, oh, I work in primary school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, at, at my level, the stupid thing is always not asking when you should and then just not dealing with it. Um, right. And then we go... What was next? Just make stuff ask, are people going to be taking fixed secondaries much in the new world? Yeah. I think that I think people will. And I think I suspect the GT packs will change it to some extent as well. Again, I'll um, be dependent, right? So. Different people will, will like different yeah. things. Um, and we'll, we'll see in the long run. As, as 40k always leans towards a solved place. Ain't nothing more solved than a fixed secondary. Um, so we will see. We it's like to we like to all do the same thing as each other. And I have faith that our desire to all do the same thing as each other will eventually win out. Um, I think that'll be the most things that get nerfed, right? So yeah. units will get nerfed because they achieve fixed secondaries too easily, i.e. biovores. Yeah. And we've got Jack Davis Fletcher who's in here trying to start a fight. Here he is. He, he asks, if you was going to an eight-man teams event this weekend, who makes your top eight? <laughs> See, I read this as factions, not yeah, people, factions, and then I doubled it. Oh, I, pr I prefer yeah. the version where it's yeah. who's our best eight players. <laughs> okay, no, that's fine. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Let's let's do the top eight factions, um, and then maybe we'll do our top eight players later. Brilliant. <laughs> not on, not on camera. Yeah, exactly. Fine, don't worry, Tom. How do not watch anyway? <laughs> <laughs> Just say the ones that don't watch. Yeah. <laughs> So, top eight factions. Eldar. Eldari. Knights. Knights. Imperial Knights. Space Marines. Um, and then probably... I mean, we uh, has Chaos Knights done anything yet? No, but I don't Towering, think towering feels like... Towering, they do a similar sort of thing. Necrons, Chaos Knights, like Necrons, I think. Yeah. And then... Is, that, so uh, is CSM like, good? Are they good? Demons. No. No, Thousand oh. Suns. Thousand Suns yeah. are reputedly yeah. very good. Yeah. I think GSC are very good. Yeah. Um, Custodies, they're very good. Custodies, that's probably that's your eight. That's probably the eight I'd take. Yeah. Because mm. that's a lot of towering. No tyranids there, Davey. How do you feel? I feel like I can't wait to make all you miserable with my bivars. <laughs> that's the spirit. Yeah. I I have not yet played tyranids, so I don't know how that works. Um, no, it's it, it, to be honest, they're really fun. <laughs> are they fun you enjoyed, yeah, it? I enjoyed it I that's good that's and, good uh, and as we well like there's that. loads of flex right so i'm going to try and play, win this with the shooting list uh coming this weekend <laughs> but then i'm going to go for like i'm going to try an orc pressure build ish style and um, yeah it's going to be cool it's a cool it's a good time it's a good time yeah 100 percent. jack cool. says that csm are good well i'm playing csm this weekend because my first round of the league with my eldar is lee's csm where you are csm mm. yeah i think people will be extremely surprised at what CSM are currently doing. I know literally doing. nothing about them, so I'm yeah. just going to walk straight That's in. That's all right. What you, do, what, you, what you know about them from ninth is not going to prepare you for what CSM players are currently on, because it is a weird new land they've gone to. Um, okay. 
I sold a Harkham World claimer this week. If you want any yes. kind of idea of how yes. weird they <laughs> you just made me Jones. Fucking so yes! My my converted Night Lords Harkham World claimer will be coming out. Let's do it. <laughs> um, exploding fives is horrifying. Yeah, you're right. Is you're absolutely right, Jack. Oh, it's combat. shooting! It's okay, shooting. Fine. They don't come to combat any more than anyone else does these days. Did you shoot? No, did you they've shoot they've gone to a gunny place. Okay. They've gone to a gunny place. I don't want to spoil it for you. I'll let you find out no, from Lee. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, Jack Asher, the wonderful Jack Asher, my buddy, asked which unit from the army you play saw the biggest glow up in between the end of the 9th E and 10th E indexes. Wraith Most Knight. improved. Wraith Knight for the Eldari. Yeah. Scrivo, how about you? The Lion. The Lion. He did get a glow up. He got a hell of a glow up. Davy, for you. Exocrine, I guess. Exocrine? Can't think off the top of my head. I really can't think off the top of my head, but probably an Exocrine, not a Harris Rex. Nice. The boring answer is Cabalites. The exciting mm, answer yeah. is Scourge. I think Cabalites, in terms of their general all-round utility, are just crazy now. I was sticking objectives all over the place. Very, very funny. In a very Drakari way, when you think about it. Um, and next up we have Blood Render. Is there a combination of Leviathan mission primary slash deployment zone slash twists that makes you more excited to play that generated mission over the standard types we had in the ninth GT packs? Oh interesting. As in is there a particular combination? I mean I wouldn't I don't have enough experience yeah. yet. No. I like that we have that that sort yeah. of interaction of three different things. Um, and I need to play in person a bit more so that I will stop being like, oh, it's TTS, so it doesn't matter. Let's just do one we can easily do on TTS. I'd like to play mm. a few of the ones that are actually a bit interactive and, and yeah, weird. This when you've not done them for it's kind of like, oh. That's, it's a bit scary, especially yeah, when you're doing computer moving stuff around. Yeah. I think it's cool. I think it'll be fun watching TOs work out what kind of spanners they can throw in the works. You know, with uh, the Mikey was saying for his Hellstorm, he put Mission 5 as... Um, the servo skulls one where players are having to move objectives and and the closer they get to your opponent's deployment zone or something the more like points they're worth they're yeah it's like all these players you're on you know they're exhausted they're really long rounds trying to learn the rules and they're like where do i move this objective <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, yeah i can I, I can see a lot of them starting with the no like special ability that special kind of um, mission rule for, for the first yeah. round just to warm people up a little bit perhaps yeah absolutely absolutely sias what changes or variations do you think we are likely to see for terrain rules at tournaments windows line of side blocking no windows on the bottom yeah, floor. yeah no windows no. on the bottom floor is a, is a must need somewhere for your warp spiders to jump out of um, but also, you don't want really high terrain. You don't. No. Fly. fly gets completely oh, fucked by it. I, those little baby UKTC boxes become quite nice. Um, yeah, because I think fly those actually does something, and they're all infinitely high anyway. Yeah, as long as you're stood behind it. So I, I, I think we're probably in a little bit closer towards what GW terrain is, right? So we have bigger pieces um, because mm. they're going to be what people can fit an entire base in. And yeah. also, it kind of makes tanks less good if they can't squeeze past yeah. all these giant pieces. Yeah. So that'll be the way, maybe, yeah. that we end up including more, it, like less it tanks. It might less be pieces. time, given that melee is less effective, it might be time for bigger pin pieces to move more centrally again. Because the the main reason that wasn't the case was that it was too easy to put an entire Blood Angels or Drakari army in it and then smack your opponent's face in, which doesn't feel as effective now. So it might be that you can have larger staging pieces in the middle mm. of the board without it 
being a guaranteed combat meta. Yeah. The Barcelona GT has got two bits of WTC terrain, the big bits, in the middle yeah. of the board, uh, as well as at, having two in your look at, look, at, look at me predicting yeah. the future. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, like the, old, the old game mat style uh, pack, feels that feels like how I feel a lot of people want to play initially. Mm -hmm. There's those big solid walls, at least. Yeah. And I think we'll have to see, with the, with the towing on, towing off, what can shoot what stuff, we'll see whether that changes at all. People obviously find that a bit weird. I've not found it that weird to play yet. It's not been particularly bad, but... Um, bigger bases for terrain so stuff can be wholly in it properly does seem to make sense now rather than the little UKTC style lips mm. um, or if you're Battlefield Birmingham you just fill the entire board with terrain yeah. if, you can't, if you haven't got one large piece just make a large piece out of several bits Cause um, currently yeah. we've got like stuff under 4 inches you can just go over with Titanic stuff right so maybe something that's the other end of the scale, where if it's over six inches, it's indefinitely tall. So you don't have to physically have it that tall, but something to kind of help mitigate for the purposes of line of sight, perhaps. Yeah. Just these sorts of things. There's, there's some simple things that can change things, I think, quite drastically. Completely. Um, no, oh, this is the fun one. Jack Asher asks, should we just ban Eldar and get it over with? <laughs> no. Jack. no, absolutely not. Uh... Absolutely not. Um, we've got our very first weekend of data and we can see there are at least four armies that are across the Games Workshop win rate threshold and they all maps to ones that we've already been told anecdotally are a problem. So if you ban Eldar, you just say those other three can do what they like. That's exactly how this always works, right? You cut the top one off, another one takes its place. Um, we know Eldar needs adjusting in various different ways. They will get that. They will absolutely get that. And banning them isn't going to be needed um, to get that, right? It's, it's, very, it's patently obvious what the issues are. Um, and you just you're just saying, shall we just have a different top army? Um, and as frustrating as Eldar are to play into, and I do find it frustrating, and I play them, I find them frustrating at the moment. Um, there's plenty of other stuff out there right now that is frustrating in all sorts of its own ways, and I think it reflects issues with the overall addition that needs adjusting rather than the Eldar, Eldar specifically. That's what I would say on this. Now Jack's got a good idea in chat. He says ban the other top armies too. <laughs> ban all of them. Yeah, just yeah. ban all of them. Yeah. yeah. Just ban tournaments. Just ban all they figure the, out. ban it all the way down to Death Guard, and just <laughs> oh, let, no. just let they'll still complain. Just let Death Guard play all on their own. <laughs> they should host Death Guard only tournaments and advertise oh, them on Reddit. Can you imagine that? That'd be sick. I'd love that. We could run it. We, should we run the world's first Death Guard and Admet tournament? Yes, Keenan, like that. Could yes, let's do it. That'd be great. I can bring my Death Guard, TTS. you can bring your Admech. There you go. That's two of the attendees sorted. Stuart, you come. You do it on TTS, right? <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, no, this is becoming a real idea. Stop. Eject, eject. But, yeah, I think the, the phenomenon with banning is, and we've seen this, like, the, the attention different armies get is not proportionate. This is the this is mob rule. This is pressure from, from popularity or unpopularity. We've definitely seen that, right? When the Marines rules came out with the indexes, they were very scary. And mm. literally no one I knew was bothered. There was no one concerned because they all play Marines. They don't give a shit. They were just excited about their scary new rules. Um, and those kind of disproportionate representations and experiences different armies get. It's the same reason Votan got slapped down because no one owned it, so it didn't matter. It was easy to go for it because no one played Votan yet, so it was easy for the whole community to go, fuck them. Um, and that's not, that's not a logical, sensible way to run things, I don't think. Um, there's going to be some busted stuff, but we know that addressing the problems, that things that make them busted, i.e. artillery, towering, interaction with dev wounds, if you get to the root of those, the armies themselves cease to be as much of an issue. 
Um, and you need to see those things in operating to understand what's wrong with them. Yeah. Cause, not symptoms. Yeah. We're in a beta test, aren't we, at the moment? Um, so we need, then, you know, we're getting the data. And we'll know soon how effectively they're going to address that. Um, tenth edition, hotness or hot mess? Well, it's certainly not hotness. No. It's a, it's a work in progress, isn't it? It's a fixer-upper. That's where we're at. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, look, it's not it's not where ninth was, right? Ninth was really cool, and it's it, everyone was kind of enjoying it. If they kept innovating with it, I think it could mm -hmm. have carried on. But this is cool. There's loads of positives Definitely. to take from this. Definitely. I played it someone just... who usually takes me four hours to play um, last <laughs> night, and it took me two hours to play. Him. I was like, this is Winner. good. There you go. Positive. Yeah. I completely agree with Keenan that the bones are good, just need a bit of balance. Yeah, I agree. I've seen plenty to think there's lots of fun mechanics in it. Again, I'm really in love with stuff like rapid ingress, dropping stuff in your opponent's turn. Yeah. Some of those counterplays are amazing, and when the fine-tuning of the balance between these different parts yeah. is better, I think there's a really interesting and dynamic game there. Um, yeah, we, we, we know what we miss. We know what we're not enjoying. Yeah. Um, but it's quite reassuring to see how universal that feeling is, I think, yeah. across players. That means... That changes and adjustments to it are almost inevitable. This isn't one of those areas we're not arguing over it. You know, you're not having no. long WhatsApp debates about it. This isn't getting rid of uh, Falchins. This isn't yeah. a sort of this isn't a fifty-fifty issue. No. Me, it, it just feels like that they have come up with a new edition, started from scratch, mm -hmm. and then forgot a lot of the key learning from the yeah. last two editions, like yeah. capping mortal wounds. Yeah, yeah certain yeah. little clarifications that they've been putting in throughout the edition kind of got missed completely and so as soon as you get those dropped in it's a completely different beast then and it's yeah. just rounded out so i don't think that's it takes exactly much right. and that's just it's those that's the that's where i've got a little bit of disappointment is that they've missed those bits but yeah but i think i think the, cohe the cohesion and the agreement on those issues is much greater now than it's ever been and that's reassuring and yeah and i think that's the thing but uh, having played three games it's fun it's still a fun engaging game there's a lot going on and part of this is just adapting to change um, and and trying to be positive and find the fun in it. As a competitive game, it's going to take time to straighten out, but you can play it in a whole bunch of other ways if you want to. Um, so, yeah. And then finally, Fears says, ban Eldar and Space Marines. And then, yeah, it's not really a question. Sean's <laughs> dropped you a question in the chat, Tom. Oh, yeah? He says, he says, how are you guys feeling about heroic intervention? I'm a bit gobsmacked that you can only do it into a charging thing. Yeah. That's a feels, bit nuts. It feels a shame. But you can do it if something has charged. If something has charged, yeah. right? Yeah, so yeah. You can do it wherever. And if, if the game hadn't just put everyone off charging for the rest of their lives, <laughs> um, that would. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's okay. I think I think actually again when it's fine tuned, I don't think I don't think it should be limited to if something's charged. I think you should just be able to do it. Um, I like that you can bop it on anything now rather than just a character. I think that's fun. Um, but at the moment combat control armies of all kinds don't feel in a great spot except custodes who apparently by all accounts very good um so we'll see just got to get used to it yeah nice brilliant well thank you very much for listening everybody this has been a lot of fun um we will be back again soon and we'll chat about some stuff we're going to keep popping out those index in-depths do, do do keep commenting and liking we've got narrative content down the line for you we've got new bat reps which will get made uh, there's going to be loads loads coming out over the next few weeks, so please join us for our 10th journey. Uh, we are all having fun. We're having a good time with it. Uh, we hope you are too, and we'll see you all again next time. Bye-bye.